Welcome to Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. I hope this episode empowers you to make kingdom principles your reality. So I'm excited to be here with you today and be able to share with you um, just the idea of personal vision and the power of a personal vision. And I think it's apropos for this kind of a group as you are the up-and-coming professionals uh, in Cleburne for us to have an understanding of not just having a personal vision, but what is the power behind having a personal vision. So my desire today is not just to speak to inspire you, um, but to also really equip you. Uh, she mentioned that I am a professional life coach, so a lot of what I do uh, in my private practices come alongside people who are starting out in business, who are starting out in an organization, some people starting out in a nonprofit, and really helping them kind of nail down uh, their desire, what's in their heart, put it on paper, put it into action, and see it come to pass. Um, and so this is a subject that is near and dear to my heart, first and foremost because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ and I believe that every single one of us has been born, birthed with a seed of purpose within us. Um, and so one of the things that we need to recognize is that we automatically have been given a vision. It was knit, to, knit in us while we were yet in our mother's wombs. That's what the scripture, scripture says. So I want to talk to you today about the power of having a personal vision. So here's what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about how vision stirs the imagination. We're gonna talk about how vision is the expression or the outpouring or the overflow of your personal purpose, okay? We're gonna talk about how vision is your source of motivation. It's what excites me, it's what gets me up, it gets what gets me out of bed every day. We're gonna talk about how vision is what gives us passion. It's what gives us excitement. It's what gives us unction. Um, and finally, we're going to talk about how your vision is what forms your priorities um, and how your priorities will, in, in a sense, will point back to your vision. So let's start with point number one, uh, which is that vision stirs up the imagination. So everybody in here say imagination. Okay, so I'm going to have you repeat each one of these so you can remember why is it important that I keep my personal vision out in front of me. So vision stirs the imagination in that it visualizes what has not yet come to pass, which is exciting. We all have dreams and visions where we sit in bed at night and we think about what could be or what should be or we picture ourselves where we want to be and that's the imagination. That's happening in the imagination part of our brain. So what is imagination? Imagination, by definition, is actually the faculty or action of forming new ideas or images or concepts of external objects that are not yet present to your senses. All right, did you all follow that? So the scripture would say it's calling what is not yet as though it is. It's seeing what has not yet come to pass as though it has come to pass in your mind. So she mentioned a little bit early, she was like, what is a brain health coach? So I said, well, I'll throw some nuggets in there about brain health. Um, so let me tell you what's happening in the brain when you're imagining. Okay, so we, talk, we know there are different parts of the brain, and one of the things I love about what we call imagination, I like to call it intentional daydreaming, is it actually activates multiple parts of your, um, of your brain. Okay, so we all know 
the front part of your brain is your prefrontal lobe, your prefrontal cortex. We call it the PFC. I call it your executive control. Okay, so it's where we really intentionally make decisions and where we intentionally think. Now, when I am, when I am intentionally daydreaming, I'm also activating uh, the visual regions of my brain, which we would call the occipital lobe. That's, you don't have to remember any of that. But I'm also activating my sensory regions, which is my parietal lobes. And so what's happening is, is there are multiple lobes happening at one, at one time, which is actually a higher function, a higher degree of brain function. So we're, we're not talking about mind wandering. So now if I'm daydreaming, I'm, I'm engaging in my visual and my sensual, but there's no executive control in there, right? But if I'm intentionally navigating the way I'm daydreaming, now I'm imagining. You follow? So I'm actually activating multiple parts of my lobes, uh, of my brain, all the, different, all the different lobes at one time to be intentional in the way that I am daydreaming. And I would like to propose to you that God has given this to us as a, as a gift. We call it the mind's eye or, the, the, um, or the, uh, the visual centers of what God has given to you. Uh, some people would, re would call it being prophetic where we're, we're imagining what God has in mind for us. But the idea that God has given us a mind's eye to be able to see what yet has not come to pass is a gift that we've been given. So let me, let me cross over with you uh, a little bit here uh, to the book of Genesis and looking at Abraham when him and Lot parted ways and God said, look up to the east, to the north, to the south, to the west, and as far as your eye can see, that I will give unto you. And I believe that God was pulling on the imagination, the visual, the, the mind's eye, the visualization, the imagination of Abraham to say, tell me what you see, and that I want to give to you. And so when we understand that imagination is important in the idea in a personal vision because it gives us permission. How many of you want permission to daydream a little bit, right? Because we like to kind of step out of uh, the, the humdrum, the daily operations. We talk, I, a lot of times we'll say, you know, if I'm sitting staring at a budget for two or three hours, I will say uh, to Liz, I've got to, I, I got to get out of my left brain. I got to get into my right brain. I got to do something creative for a while, right? Because uh, that activates different parts of our brain and it gives us the fun, it activates the fun and creative side of who we are. So let's go um, to the next one. So I talked about uh, power of personal vision. It stirs up your imagination. The second one is, it is an expression of your purpose. So everybody in here say purpose. Okay, so you know, I'm doing a little bit of uh, science tricks on you by having you repeat things because if we actually audibly say things, we're more likely to remember them. So just giving you the, those tips there. So vision is the expression of your purpose, meaning your purpose should be at the heart of your vision. Now a lot of us imagine things or we have a visions of things and we begin to move towards them and we find it super hard or like it's counterintuitive to who we are. If that is happening in your life, you can be sure that the vision you have it may be a good idea, but it's not a vision for you because it's not connected to your purpose. See, if your vision is connected to who you are, your purpose, you will find that it almost comes easy. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying it won't, you won't have to work hard. I'm saying it won't be hard work. 
okay? Because if we're, if we're really stepping into our personal vision, what we will find is I'm going to work really, really hard, and I enjoy working hard, but nothing seems to be hard work. Everything sort of seems to kind of fall in place. It fits who I am. It's fitting to my person and to my personality. I like to ask people this question, what is the desire of your heart? And you would be surprised how many people don't know the answer to that question, and that's okay. Somebody asked me that question about six years ago as I was just getting started out in ministry and starting my personal business, and they asked that question, and I almost felt like I got hit with a deaf and dumb spirit because I was like, uh, uh, I don't even have an answer here. And it really caused me to go back and really pursue who am I? What is the desire of my heart? The deepest desire of my heart. But your purpose is, deep, is the deep-seated desire of your heart. And it's found in your heart. I like to say this. Your purpose is found in your heart while your vision is found in the eye. Okay? Biblically, we'd say your purpose is like the hope that you have. It's what keeps you moving forward. It's a matter of the heart. It's the thrust or the stirring that keeps you moving. It's self-transcendent. It's beyond you. It's beyond self-interest, and it's beyond today. That's the purpose. It comes from your heart. But your vision is like faith. It's a matter of the eye. You understand what I'm saying? We're talking about your eye. Your vision is your eye and what you can see with that imagination combined with what's in your heart, the purpose, the hope that you have. That vision is the ability to see what does not yet exist and taps into that imagination and pulls you into your world of possibilities. So it's important that we understand that when we have a personal vision, now we're stirring up our imagination, but we're starting to walk into what is going to give me an outlet or an expression of who I am or my purpose. Y'all following this so far? Okay, great. So this is so, so important because it's, it's a part of who we are, is that we are supposed to walk as a people of vision, fulfilling our purpose, imagining what could be, what we want to be, what we, what we, what we see ourselves doing. And so these are also important. Now, the next one is motivation. Everybody say with me, motivation. Motivation. Okay, what was number one? Imagination. Number two was? And number three is? Right, so vision becomes your source of motivation. Did you know that motivation is actually a biological drive? If you are born with motivation and self-determination, everybody has them. Have you ever heard somebody say, I just can't seem to get motivated, right? And, and that's a frustrating place to be because it, it's counterintuitive to who we are created to be. A baby bird is motivated to jump out of the nest. A, an infant is driven biologically to cry. They are motivated to cry at a response to hunger. So that's, that's that motivational response. It's a response to a need that we have is when we feel motivated to do something. And your purpose and your vision stirs up motivation, uh, the meaning behind it. In other words, what, what is the purpose in something for me? What the purpose is is what motivates me. It's my why behind what I'm doing, why I'm doing. We talk about, you've heard that all, all the time, people saying, what's your why? When I am working with a client um, and I will say, okay, let's talk about your action items for this week. And we go through the action items and, and with all of my clients, but especially with teenagers, I work with a lot of teens, I will say, okay, why? Tell me why we're doing this assignment. 
And I want them to have an understanding of why this assignment is important and how it will help them fill in the gap from where they're at today to where they want to be, that vision that they have. And so it's important that we know our why. Now, how many of you have heard of the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation? Yes, okay. If you have not heard about that, look it up. It's a great, it's a fascinating concept. So your intrinsic motivation is what we are born with. It's that internal desire. It's when we are motivated to do things intrinsically, meaning I don't have to have a stick or a carrot to motivate me. Okay, when I'm talking about sticks and carrots, I'm talking about rewards and punishments. So a lot of times what we find is we become motivated by sticks and carrots, external motivation versus intrinsic motivation. And a lot of times, so for example, a lot of people are, are motivated to work hard because you're going to get a paycheck. A lot of employers will motivate you to work harder and that you get bonused or you get paid uh, by how hard you work or by your performance. We call that extrinsic motivation. And extrinsic motivation works for a short time. But ultimately what we want to do is we want to, we want to tap into a life where we can be stirred up or we can be motivated intrinsically when it comes up out of what? Your purpose, who you are. It's coming up out of your heart and somebody doesn't have to tell you to get up and make your bed. Somebody doesn't have to tell you to get up and go to school because you're motivated by the career that you see out in front of you. Somebody doesn't have to tell you to get up and go and meet that other customer because you're motivated not just by getting a profit from that customer, but by seeing your products affect and help that customer. That's what we call intrinsic motivation. And so when I'm talking about how your personal vision stirs up motivation, hear me, I'm not saying it stirs up extrinsic motivation. I'm talking about intrinsic motivation. It's what gets you up out of bed every day. You follow? And who doesn't want to, I mean, like how many of you wake up every morning and you're excited to get, you don't have to raise your hand because some of you are probably like, mm. <laughs> you, you find yourself leaping up out of bed and you don't have to drag or talk yourself into your job because you are intrinsically motivated. Why? Because your job is so closely a part of who you are. It's a part of your purpose. It's, it's coming up out of your why and it fits what your mind's eye has been showing you about where you're headed. Are you following? Okay, number one was? Number two was? Number three is motivation. motivation. Okay, number four is your vision gives you passion. All right, so I want to talk to you about passion. Vision gives passion. Remember, your vision is the manifestation of what is in your heart. Now, let me talk to you for a minute about goal setting. We all hear about goal setting, right? How many of you set goals on a regular basis? How many of you accomplish most of your goals? Fantastic. So what we have found is... A lot of people set goals, but the real challenge isn't setting goals, the challenge is accomplishing those goals. And that goes back to making sure that we are setting goals that fit my purpose, my why, and then I will be intrinsically motivated to accomplish my goals. So a lot of times when I'm working with somebody and they didn't or they go two or three days or two or three weeks without accomplishing their goal, I might say, well, let's discuss why you don't think. And what we might find is that their goals are not, not attached 
or connected to their purpose and therefore they don't feel motivated to accomplish those goals. So sometimes we don't accomplish our goals because we just haven't set good goals. So it's good for us to know that our goals should be connected to filling in the gap from where I'm at today to where my mind's eye has been showing me I'm headed in my tomorrow and it's connected to my purpose and therefore I'm motivated to fulfill my goals. Now, a lot of times what we do is we connect with our goals or we connect with our vision intellectually. It makes sense. We start strategically figuring out how we're going to get there, one step at a time, one day at a time, one choice at a time. I speak to a lot of um, kids in the education arena, and a lot of times I will talk to them about their superpower and how they have a superpower of choice. And every choice that they make navigates their future. And every choice is either a liability or it's an asset to who they are becoming or who they want to be. We talk about that with them a lot with relationships, too. Every relationship you have is either a liability or it's an asset to your God design and who you're called to be. And so when we're talking about setting goals, we set our goals with our head. It means I'm connecting with my goals intellectually, with the mind. I'm visualizing myself. So as a life coach, we do a lot. Of, I want you to visualize yourself accomplishing this goal. But then I will also say I want you to also connect with your heart. And I want you to visualize yourself accomplishing this goal. Now tell me how you feel as you watch yourself accomplishing this goal. Remember when I talked to you in the very beginning about connecting, all, activating all the different lobes of your brain? So what I have done is I've shifted them, I have forced them to connect their prefrontal lobe with their parietal lobe by connecting, this is what I'm doing and this is how I feel about what I'm doing. And I'm activating the heart to bring out passion and excitement for getting to, because how many of you know, I have excitement for where I'm going out there, but sometimes the getting there isn't so exciting. So I have to continuously not just be connecting my vision that's out there to how I feel about it, but how I feel about what I'm accomplishing on a daily basis because I know, about, I know where it's taking me. But that means I have to be intentional to not just connect with my vision, with my head or intellectually, but I also have to connect with my heart in saying, how am I going to feel? I want you to, and I do this a lot with kids. Okay, I want you to picture yourself. Well, actually, let me tell you, I, we, I was working with a resident the other day, and we were talking about uh, the debt that she has a desire to pay off. And she's like, oh, I know when I get this check, I'm going to be so tempted to go spend it on this and spend it on that. And I said, okay, well, let's visualize for a moment you paying off this debt that you've had for a long time. So I just want you to be real quiet, and I want you to picture in your mind's eye, you're going and you're paying off this debt, okay? And, and as you see yourself, and so I'm walking her through this, and then I said to her, tell me how you feel as you're paying off this debt. And she responded by saying, I feel free. Now, isn't that God's desire for each one of us is to walk in liberty and in freedom? And when I was able to say, this isn't really about paying off your debt. This is about your freedom. This is about you, this is about you not being enslaved or not, you not being captivated to something that you've been designed to be free from. And so connecting that goal, not just intellectually and saying, okay, next week when you come here, I'm going to hold you accountable that you've paid off this debt which we do sometimes do that. There are sometimes we have to start extrinsically to move into an intrinsic place. But what I was wanting her to do was to connect this goal with her heart. 
And we call that head plus your heart equals your habits. The, the decisions that you make with your head and attaching it with your heart it equals your habits. It will, your habits will be a reflection of what's going on in your head and what's going on in your heart. And that brings me to the final one. So let's repeat the first four so far. The first one was imagination. Second one was third one was fourth one was passion. The last one is that vision forms your priorities. Our priorities will reflect what is important in our lives. They reflect what's going on in our hearts. We will intrinsically prioritize what we love. You don't have to tell me to prioritize my children. I do because I love them. They are important to me. And the things that we love, we will intrinsically prioritize. This is why your vision will form your priorities. Because remember, your vision, it, your vision is the expression of your purpose. Your purpose is in your heart. Your vision is the expression of that. And it will reflect. As you're moving towards your vision, it will form your priorities. You will begin to prioritize what you love. It is the eye of your heart, and the things that you prioritize are simply the, out, it's the outpouring of your heart. I, I like to tell people you can tell a lot about a person by looking at their budget and their calendar. You can tell a lot about, about a person to see where they're spending their money and where they're spending their time. Right? And so um, when we lose sight of our vision or we disconnect from our purpose, what happens is, our priorities get messed up and we find ourselves being busy, hustled, anxious, overwhelmed, overstretched by activities and, and energies that are not connected to our purpose. That's when we say things have gotten out of order or I've lost my prior, a sense of my priorities. And that's why keeping our eye on our vision, keeping it connected, be, staying close to our purpose is so important. So when I'm working with somebody and I see that their life is like, ah, and I feel like everything I want to be doing and need to be doing, I never have time to do. Anybody feel like that? Well, we've gotten out of order. And, and there's, a, there's authority that we have to be able to say, ooh, I have the authority and the power to navigate my own life by taking control and saying, okay, I'm going to take a look at my schedule and I'm going to be intentional to navigate my schedule, to navigate my meetings, to choose and make sure I'm intentional because we can waste a lot of times doing a lot of time doing things that is counterintuitive to who we are. I like to tell people that our greatest strength our greatest, our, our strongest weakness to its greatest strength is still not as strong as your greatest strength. Did you follow that? Your, your, great, your greatest weakness, where you're the weakest, even if you were to refine it, refine it, refine it, refine it, as strong as you could make it, it's still not going to be as strong as your greatest strength. And your greatest strength is a part of who you are. It's connected to your purpose. Because God has created our assignment. He's given us assignment that fits who we are like a glove on a hand. But a lot of times we're trying to shove our hand in a glove that's too small or our hand in a glove that's too big. Remember the story of David when he was going to slay Goliath and Saul said, here, put on this armor. And David said, you're trying to get me to take something on that's not fit to who I am and the way God has created me. And so when we find ourselves what we call kicking against the goads or just constantly exhausted, you can be sure that somewhere you have stepped outside or away from who you are designed to be. Your God purpose 
And all of those other energies are stealing your time. They're stealing your energy. They're stealing your attention and probably stealing your affection. Keeping you from being the best you, that easy part of you. You remember that the, the Bible says that the yoke of the Lord is easy and his burden is light. Easy doesn't mean I'm never going to work hard. I talked about that early. That word easy in the Greek means almost as if it's a, it is a benefactor to who you're to become. It's beneficial to you. Easy meaning in a lot of versions, it's interpreted into the word kindly. The yoke of the Lord is kind. It fits. It's fitting. It fits who you are. And it benefits who you're becoming. You follow? And so when we find ourselves wrestling, exhausted, kicking against the goads, we can be sure that a lot of our priorities, where we're spending our time, where we're spending our energy, has moved away from the core of who we are, what's in our heart, and what is our purpose. So some of you, so let's review those. Number one was, you guys are doing good. Some of y'all taking notes, cheating. <laughs> number two is, number three is, number four is, and number five is, priorities. Good. All right, so some of you are sitting here and saying, how do I discover my vision? What if all that's happened in this room is I've suddenly realized I don't really know what my vision is? I don't really know what my purpose is. Well, we don't want you to walk away from here feeling discouraged. So here, here, uh, here are a few tips for you to think, think about. First of all, realize that we all live by vision. Everybody has vision. It is what guides all of our lives. And sadly, too often, visions are formed by negative and not positive. Some of us are motivated by anger. Our past hurts. We're motivated by hatred. We see a lot of people who want to start ventures to make up for or to make amends for somebody who's hurt them in the past. And a lot of times, people are motivated by negative things, and they live their life being, no, I mean, we're in ministry, come on. There's a lot of people who come in and every decision they make, whether they know it or not, consciously or subconsciously, every decision they make is motivated by their rejection, by their anger, by their hurt, by their wounds. And so when you find, it's important that we step back and say, ooh, am I being motivated by what I see in me positively? Because some of us have a self-identity or self-worth that is less than what God is telling us, and we get motivated by less than what God has been to. And we live a life of failure mentality, and we live a life of rejecting ourselves. And so it's important that we understand that we all live by vision. Even people who appear visionless and have no passion and have no drive, they're just being motivated by negative things. Or they're being motivated from their past, which will keep you from moving forward. Second, remember, vision is the eye to your purpose. It's the expression of what is in your heart. So it will include your head and your heart. And I'm saying that to say your vision will be something that you love. I'm about to ask you some questions to kind of help narrow down. But your vision will be something that you love. It will be easy for you. A lot of times people will say, oh my gosh, you're so busy. You have all this stuff. You have this ministry, whatever. How do you have time to write books and how do you have time? This is easy for me. It took me maybe 10 minutes to throw this message together. Okay, because it's, it's near and dear, and I'm not saying that to, to say that I'm all that. That is not it. What I am saying is the yoke of the Lord is easy. And so it's a part of who God has created to me. It's a part, it fits me, and so it becomes easy, right? When I'm sitting down and I'm working with my budget, it will take me three times as long to read through it as it does the gal who does my accounting. Why? Because 
doing accounting fits her. It's a part of who she is. And she loves it. She's like, ooh, let's do that. I'm so excited that budget setting time is coming around. And I'm like, I got to prepare myself mentally, emotionally. And so whenever I want to find anything, I can go into the Dropbox. I can look at it. And she's got it there. She knows exactly who I met with, what we talked about, what their contact information. She's got it. But if I had to sit down, I can't. I do not know how to make an Excel sheet. I don't. And I don't have to, right? Because it would take me two hours to do what it takes her two minutes to do. But if I asked her to come up here and speak for even five minutes to even introduce me, she would probably get red all the way up to her forehead and be like, I am out of here. So, but, but the point is, is, is it is a part of who you are. Vision is your guide. It is the picture of the bigger you. Everybody in here say that I, I have a bigger, there's a bigger me. There's a bigger me, right? We can say that with confidence. Why? Because we know that our God is a God of increase. The kingdom of heaven is always on the move. It's always growing, right? And, and it's not about perfection or becoming. It's about progression and improvement. It's about progress. All right, so your vision is your bigger you. It is, it is what you, the part that you play in the world. It is your impact. It goes beyond your self-interest, and it goes into a higher purpose. Everybody's looking for a higher purpose. Everybody's looking for a higher purpose. It's a part of who you are. It fits you. Um, but I want you to ask yourself this in closing. Just think about these questions for a minute. What do I yearn for? What do I find myself imagining about? This is a really good question. What keeps you up at night? What burdens you to where you're up at night thinking about it, thinking about solutions, thinking about uh, answers, okay? What do you find yourself talking about regularly? In other words, also, what are easy conversations for you to have? My husband is a basketball coach, and he loves to talk about sports, and I turn into like this. Like, you'll never hear me get, like, a lot of people think, oh, she's, she probably dominates every conversation. When it's a conversation about what I love to talk about, yes. But when it's about sports, I'm like, mm, I'm out. I don't know what kind of play you're talking about, what's offense, what's defense. I don't know. But we, whatever you find yourself loving to talk about, when you're in a crowd and all of a sudden a certain topic comes up and you find yourself kind of engaging in that conversation, you can be sure that that's connected to who you are. You follow? So I'm just helping you give you tips to make sure you're walking in the path that God has in mind for you. All right, what gives me energy? What gives me energy? Liz will tell you, yeah, last night I was like, oh my gosh, I am in the best mood tonight. Things are so exciting. She's like, why? What do you think? And I'm like, oh, because I was at business after hours and I went to this luncheon and I was at Rotary yesterday. Why? Because it gives me energy to be around people. Put me in a desk, put me in a chair, lock me in a room, and I am freaking out after three hours. I'm like, I'm going nuts because that sucks the life out of me. My husband is completely the opposite. When we go somewhere, we drive separately because he's ready to leave after an hour and I'm just getting into it. I'm just starting to get energized. And we're okay with that. We learned that 10 years ago. Hey, if you want to leave, I'm okay with you leaving. Are you okay with me driving separate in case I want to stay? And we decided that was perfect for us. Right? Neither one of us were irritated because we want to let each other be who we are created to be. He realizes that I get energy from being around people. He gets energy from being alone. Right? So, so whatever what you find yourself being energized by is going to be connected to who you are. And then the final question is this. What is the desire of my heart? You know, the Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will grant you the desire of your heart. And what that's saying is, the more we stay connected to our creator, the more we will come into our creation. 
When we're delighting ourselves in who he is, we will discover who we're created to be, and we will find ourselves living a life of joy and delight and fulfilling the desire of our heart. So I want you to imagine today that you are given a blank slate in front of you. Money was no object. Time was no object. There was no barriers. Your children were not an object. Whatever keeps you, just pretend for a minute none of those things were in the way. In fact, I want you to even pretend like you had no limiting beliefs. I believe that I can do it. I have no fear when I think about this. There's absolutely no anxiety. So not only am I removing actual physical barriers, obstacles, but even mental and emotional barriers, removing them. Roadblocks, hindrances. Imagine all of those are gone. And answer this question, what would you do with your life? What would you do with your life? And, and we have to intentionally, listen to me, we have to be intentional daydreamers. By intentional, I'm not talking about wandering in my mind. I'm intentionally navigating my mind's eye to see what I want, what I know could happen, and then beginning to walk it out. And let me close with this. I said in the beginning about Abraham when God said, look out, and as far as your eye can see, that I will give unto you. And then he said, go and walk that land. And what he's saying is, you can visualize anything all day long, but at some point you've got to walk it out. You're going to have to walk it out. And that's where our action gets connected to our vision. Because otherwise, that's the difference between a vision that never comes to pass and, and people who are actually walking and living out their wildest imaginations and their wildest dreams. One thing that keeps you from point A to point B, and that is your action. It's the walking it out. Thank you for tuning in to my podcast, Enforcing Purpose with Lisa Schwartz. For more information or to keep up on current events and products, please go to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com.